0: Well, hello, everybody. Uh, Welcome to another episode of Is This Job Right For You? where I invite a hiring manager come talk about his or her organization and what roles they're looking to fill. Now, today's show is going to be a little bit different. So instead of calling this episode uh, Is This Job Right For You? I think it's probably more aptly called Is He The Right Mayor For You? (laughs) And I'll talk about what I mean by that. So I wanted to look at the future of Vancouver and how it can maintain its status as a great city for uh, employers and employees. So my guest today is Ken Sim. He's an award-winning co-founder of several businesses, notably Nurse Next Door, Rosemary Rock Sock Bagel, and an upcoming mayoral candidate for our city. So he's taken time away from his busy schedule and many jobs uh, to share his vision and what he will do for companies and employees when he's the next mayor of Vancouver. So welcome, Ken.
1: Hey, uh, Ray. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. So how you you keeping well? Staying out of trouble?
1: Well, I'm trying to. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. You know what? Uh, like uh, pretty much everyone in the country and around the world have been uh, spending the last couple of minutes, uh, months Months locked away at home for the most part. And it, it's been eye-opening, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, cool. Well, let me sing your praises a little bit for the audience who don't know much about your background or how you and I first met. I think we first met when we were like, what, 18, 19 years old, when we uh, won the, <laughs> the BIV 40 Under 40 Awards. So that was a long time ago now, it seems. And, and at that time, you were being recognized for your, being a co-founder for Nurse N- 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 Next Door. And uh, I, I was honored to do some recruiting work for you. And over the years, I had a front row seat uh, looking into your, watching your success, right, as you uh, started that company. So I think Nurse Next Door now is an analogous to what I call the Kleenex for tissue paper. When people think about care, uh, I think that that phrase, Nurse Next Door, comes up. So congratulations on that. So, and if that wasn't enough, then you went and started Rosemary Rock Salt. And I think uh, people don't know, you've got a large, happy, productive family. And now you want to dedicate yourself to be our next mayor. So you must eat right and work out a lot to have all this energy and time, right?
1: Yeah, you know, it's uh, there are times when I feel I have no energy um, just because, uh, you know, all the stuff going on. But uh, no, for the most part, I am an energizer bunny. It's just (laughs) when you you do what you love, uh, it's super easy. Yeah. It's work.
0: It's a nice uh, couple of days, too. That certainly doesn't hurt. So tell us about your upbringing here in our beautiful city. Tell us about sort of, how, yeah.
1: Yeah, you know, I I think we have to go way back uh, mm. to give you some context. Uh, my parents immigrated here in 1967. I was born in Canada, yeah. in Vancouver in 1970. And I went to five elementary schools in seven years, not because we were flipping real estate. It was because, <laughs> uh, you know, we couldn't, uh, we had a hard time making uh, rent rent. Um, but, you know, we got through it. Uh, my first job uh, on my 15th birthday, I begged the Wendy's on Southwest Marine Drive there for a job. And the only job they had was a graveyard shift janitor. So making $3.05 an hour, uh, working from midnight to 8 o'clock in the mornings, um, cleaning toilets, effectively. Uh, from that, you know, I, I, I continued to work and I put myself through school. So I graduated from the, the Sauter School of Business. Back then, it was called the Faculty of Commerce at UBC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I'm a finance grad. I'm also uh, a CA or a CPA, or actually now I, I'm an FCPA. So I, I'm a fellow of the Chartered Professional Accountants Association. Yes. Former investment banker. So I worked in Vancouver, Toronto, and London, England. Uh, I was in private equity. And then um, back in 2001, uh, while Tina, my wife, was uh, about, what, four weeks pregnant with her first kid, we both decided to quit our jobs and come back to Vancouver and uh, look to start a business. And through um, during that time, uh, my wife went on emergency bed rest mm-hmm. and tried to hire some caregivers and had some pretty bad experiences. And so we decided to, you know, uh, do some research. And we uh, decided that we're going to launch this uh, home health care company with, uh, with my business partner at the time. And uh, from our humble beginnings, now we have what, uh, 200 locations across North America and Australia. We have about 8,000 employees. Uh, things are great. Um, the second company we launched about six years ago now or seven years ago now, mm-hmm. uh, Rosemary Rocksalt. uh We make Montreal style bagels. We have a bunch of locations uh, throughout the lower mainland. And uh, you know, I, it, things are great for the most part, but for the fact, uh, um, you know, we're, with the pandemic, uh, being in uh, you know a restaurant business has been really tough. Uh, not just for us, but pretty much every single restaurant um, in the, on the planet, for that matter. Yeah, uh, it's been tough.
0: We'll get, we'll get through it. Yeah, I think so. I think so too. So curious as you're telling me about your telling the audience as well about your career. If you met the younger Ken Sim, you know, who just graduated from high school, what would you say to him, knowing what you know now?
1: Oh, wow. There are so many things. Um, but you know, I, I think, uh, what I would say is go all the cheetah and embrace failure when it comes, um, you know, a cheetah doesn't care what it looks like when it runs. Uh, it just does it intuitively and it goes fast. So if you do that and you don't worry and you embrace failure, amazing things can happen. And, uh, you know, I, like I, what I love about um, the team at Nurse Next Door, for example, is no one is afraid of being fired um, mm. by that. I mean, they're really bold and they'll do things and,
0: uh, you know, they're okay with making mistakes, which is great. Yeah, I, there's a phrase I learned somewhere, you know, to launch a rocket ship from point A to point B. It's actually not a straight line. It's a series of mistakes and adjustments and, you know, pivots and changes. So um, I've learned that as well, to your point, you know, that, yeah, don't be afraid to make mistakes and don't be afraid to make, uh, don't be afraid to get fired. Um, I recall you told me early on in your, uh, when we first met that you you had some great mentorship, right? And a lot of support from the community. Uh, the, The late MK Wong, I recall, was one of your mentors, um, so I, I think you will agree mentorship is an invaluable part of uh, what business leaders can offer to give back and run the business. So um, any, any sort of comments, or advice uh, along those lines?
1: Oh, absolutely. I would not be here for, um, if it wasn't for all the mentors I've had. And you know, it doesn't even matter if it's a formal mentoring relationship or just a, a casual conversation, uh, someone to bounce ideas off of. I'm the collection of uh, all that knowledge. And so when you talked about Milt Wong, Milt Wong was this amazing person, um, pretty high profile individual in the community. And when I was graduating from university, I was graduating in a recession and I couldn't get a job in finance. Hmm. Um, And he took 30 minutes out of his day to sit down with me, some, you know, young punk, so to speak, uh, that he didn't have to do. And uh, he set me in the right direction. And uh, no, I, look, I've had, Thousands of mentors since then, um, and I do believe that it's our responsibility to pay it forward as well. And it doesn't matter where you are in your career. You could just be starting out. You could be graduating from university um, and looking for your first job. And you may think you have nothing to offer, but guess what? To that tenth grader, or you know, um, that person in second year university, you have a ton to offer. And never be afraid of uh, offering support. And uh, the last point I'll give you on this is. Um, I love mentoring, I do mentor a lot, and I actually get way more out of it than I give. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's one of those dumb things where, you know, you you think you're giving a lot, but what you
0: receive uh, in return is massive. Yeah, so true. And uh, so looking at you and I are roughly the same vintage and we both have survived and thrived through a lot of uncertainties, too, you're talking about. And uh, I think you'll, you'll get my you'll like my next comment, uh, you know, being Chinese. So, you know, the Chinese character for crisis is really made up of two characters. It's made up of one character meaning danger and the other one meaning opportunity. So I'm sure we don't need to talk about all the negative part of that that character. But I want to sort of ask you, what, what what are you seeing on the opportunity side that excites you?
1: Oh, well, you know, just uh, to add to your comment first, yeah, yeah I, you know, a, a crisis, we, we say a crisis is a terrible thing to waste. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you talk about focus and not focusing on the negativity. What, what I would say is we have controllables, non-controllables. No one can control the fact that we are in a crisis right now and we're going through a global pandemic. You can dwell on that, or you can say, okay, well, that's just reality. We can't change it. What we can do is control what we, you know, deal with what we can control. And so I, I always, you know, I, I like to live in abundance um, and I look at it uh, that way. Uh, to answer your question, I just think there is so much opportunity. The world has changed um, and it's changed. Um, we're not going back. And so when you look at, AI, how everyone's gone online now—the stu- the structural changes um, in how we do business and how we work in healthcare, and seniors care—you um, know, w- w- when there's so much disruption, there's so many there's so many opportunities for people who see it. So, I can't really answer that question um, and say mm-hmm. there's one thing here, one thing there. I, well, I can. I can say, look, get into seniors care, get into healthcare. Uh, get into online fulfillment, get into, um, you know, uh, voice recognition um, you know, of computer devices. There are all these micro things, but what I can tell you is just get out there because uh, there, there's, uh, every industry um, has been disrupted and there's so many micro opportunities in those industries
0: yeah I'm excited too, because I you know I work in the technology sector, and I see this a uh, li- little bit on the on the leading edge in a sense of what's coming, so you know, it's exciting. yeah, I agree. there's uh opportunities for sure. Hey, hey, can I put you on the spot a little bit talking now talking about your mayoral uh, candidacy? Sure. so I read your um your op ed piece and about what a city should not do during such times i e you know make blanket cuts cuts across all departments. Versus a more strategic and more optimization kind of approach. So as business owners, you and I myself you know, wh- wh- what do you think is a theory why such short-term decisions are made?
1: Um, well, you know, I think people make short-term decisions because they have a short-term mindset. So, you know, I, look, I, I don't want to throw anyone under the bus here. Uh, yeah. you know, now's not the time. Um, in fact, I don't like throwing people under the bus in general. So this is just a general comment. Yeah. Uh, when you look at politicians, they have, a you know, at least, a, you know, uh, in a four year election cycle, they have a two year sort of time horizon because they're actually look, most politicians are looking to get either reelected or they're looking at it as a stepping stone to something bigger. Mm. And so I think those things are uh the structure is set up wrong. Like, you know, when when you look at your health, I don't think you look at your health in a two-year sort of window. When you look at raising a family, you don't look at, hey, you know, let's just get through the next two years. When you're raising kids, um, you know, and, and so when we're when we're building our city or a province or a country, we need to take a long-term view. We need to think thirty to fifty years out, and we need to go full cheetah. Right. We need to go fast and we need to not be afraid of making mistakes or getting fired. If we do that, I think our city or province and our country are way better served.
0: I like you saying earlier about you're not afraid of getting fired. That's your culture at the company. Yeah. And I think that's what's happening in the flip side, right? Because people are worried about their job, the next election getting in. So they're very short term. But if you look at it as a generational building a city, uh, that's not just the one election. <laughs> that's sort of cycle.
1: Yeah. You know, and, and sort of wrapping those two concepts together. Look, I, I've i been fortunate. I've had, you know, uh, a lot of opportunity. Like I've had my pu- face punched in, but, um, you know, uh, Worked pretty hard and had some nice uh, bounces go our way, and so now I'm in a position in my life um, where um, I don't rely on you know a salary anymore. Um, I still have to work, and I still enjoy working. Right? It's not as if uh, you know if I, I'm independently wealthy or anything. But now is my time where I can actually contribute back, back um, just like Milton Wong did uh, when he sat down with me, and I got to give back to my city, and our city needs doesn't need money, believe it or not. It actually needs people um, who can contribute their skills um, and not worried about, um, you know, their next paycheck. And,
0: yeah. Uh, and so that's now's our time to give back. Yeah, I agree. And, and speaking of all these uh, potential people coming, I mean, I'm again, I'm in tech, so I do see it in flow of tech workers. So, I am on the, I'm worried about the housing side. I don't know if you can speak to, do we have enough housing for all these people coming in the, in the coming years as, you know, these micro opportunities will grow into macro opportunities you talked about.
1: Yeah, you know, that's a great question. And I don't think anyone has the answer. Um, everyone everyone has opinions. And so it's not that it hasn't, I, I, I uh, lack the ideas on this. I'm mm. just saying, look, the world's changed. You look at the pandemic right now. If, if I said, if I were to answer this for, uh, this question four months ago, I'd say, no, uh, we don't. Um, but now, with um, there's been a structural shift in how people view things, and everyone's receptive to doing Zoom meetings now, which means you don't necessarily have to live and work, uh, let's say, downtown, in the downtown core. So I, that's one of the structural changes. But, um, you know, if we're going to talk about how we build our city, Um, do we have enough housing, uh, that it moves all the time. I don't think we have the right type of housing.
0: Mm.
1: And by that, I mean, if you look at, let's say the condos that are being built in Vancouver, um, we've set them up in such a way that we haven't been as a, as a city been incented to build three bedroom condos. And where that falls in is we attract all these amazing people to our city, let's say the tech community. And then as soon as they want to start to have families, guess what? Yeah, they don't have a lot of options, no, so no. we need we need to get ahead of uh, this. That's just one issue with housing. The other uh, issue with housing, it's more structural, in the sense that um, the way we operate our city, uh, there's so many um, delays in getting permits. Um, you know, it could take years to build anything, and the additional cost. I remember when I ran for office in 2018, the stat was between 25 and 54 percent of the cost of every single new condo or home um, was attributable to permitting fees and delays. Mm, um, it's right. amazing. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely crazy. And so when people talk about an affordability issue and they try to blame other external influences, yeah, sure, they've had some effect, but the biggest contributor, by far the biggest contributor to the cost of housing, in my opinion, it's actually the city and the fact that it could be run better. And um, one, other thing, one other thing I'd add, it's actually not the pity, uh, the people at City Hall that are the problem. Um, we have amazing people that work there. They're just working in a broken system. And so I, I feel for them as well. Um, so, you know, we fix the system. Uh, we do a lot to uh, provide better housing options for entire community including the tech community and that that will help us build a very robust tech industry and other industries
0: in our city great great well actually you know what the time flew by really quickly um let's talk about the next uh 900 days i think i heard you say you're starting um what's happening in the next 900 days for you
1: well, you know, uh, it's actually 800, I mean, <laughs> yeah, today, it's, less. it's 869 days left. until. The- okay,
0: 869, yep.
1: Um, no, you know what, uh, I, I'm, uh, I'm just spending a lot of time, basically 16 hours a day, six days a week, uh, talking to people and um, talking about the issues that affect Vancouver. And um, there's a big movement that has uh, has started. And it's not left versus right. It's not east side versus west side. It's not pro-business versus uh, pro-union. It's smart versus stupid. And there's a lot of us who, you know, are fiscally responsible. Socially, we're progressive. Like, we're kind people. And we all care about the environment. Um, and we're all tired of uh, the politicization and the partisan politics that happen at the city, and the fact that people aren't—you um, know—people are worried more about sound bites versus actually getting um, things uh, improved at the city. And so that's what I'm spending my time on.
0: No, that's great, Ken. So for for people in the audience who want to find out more, like join your campaign, how do they get more information, or perhaps follow you on social media? So please give all, all the. Uh, all your contact info here.
1: Okay. Yeah. Uh, the best thing to do is hit my website. It's KenSim.ca. That's okay. KenSim.ca and subscribe. It takes literally 45 seconds. It doesn't cost you anything, but that gets you on our mailing list and that actually helps us uh, connect with you and we can interact and you can ask questions and what have you. You can also uh, follow me on Twitter. Uh, the, the handle is at City. So that once again, that's at KenSimCity on Twitter or Facebook, okay. KenSimCity. And um, listen, uh, the, the next election um, won't be my election. It's going to be our election. And if we're, um, if, if we love what's going on in our city right now, we don't have to do anything. But if we don't like what's going on in our city, it's incumbent upon all of us to come out and vote, but also get all of our friends and families uh, to come out and vote as well um, to, for that change. Because uh, if we
0: don't, then we will just get more of what we currently have. Yeah, we don't want that. Well, thanks again, Ken. that, that was awesome. That was great. And um, for you in the audience, if you have any questions uh, to me about this podcast, if you have further suggestions or other topics you want to have me cover, uh, you can email me at Raymond at gorecruitment.com. And I do have some uh, two upcoming episodes where I interview Adrian Moyes from Equilibrium Software and Manoj Singh from Cuba Tech. So very interesting, two very different companies uh, coming up. So can uh, be, be safe, be well. I'm sure I'll ch- uh, catch up with you soon. And thank you very much for your time.
1: Thank you very much. Okay, thank you, everybody. Take care. Talk to you soon. Take care. Bye.